For those of you who clicked over here from YouTube, I thank you. This is the audio-only bonus, and it will be attached to the regular episode for those of you who normally listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Podbean or someplace, one of those places. Um, for those of you who came over from YouTube, I recommend as a backup following me here. That way you don't miss anything, and if something were to happen to my channel, I'd you'd still be able to catch what I have to say. Anyway, without further ado. Appeal for an Anti-Globalist Alliance by Archbishop Carlo Maria Viganò. For two years now, we have been witnessing a global coup d'etat, in which a financial and ideological elite has succeeded in seizing control of part of national governments, public and private institutions, the media, the judiciary, politicians, and religious leaders. All these, without distinction, have become enslaved to these new masters, who ensure power, money, and social affirmation to their accomplices. Fundamental rights, which up until yesterday were presented as inviolable, have been trampled underfoot in the name of an emergency. Today, a health emergency. Tomorrow, an ecological emergency. And after that, an internet emergency. This global coup d'etat deprives citizens of any possibility of defense since the legislative, executive, and judicial powers are complicit in the violation of law, justice, and the purpose for which they exist. It is a global coup d'etat because this criminal attack against citizens extends to the whole world, with very rare exceptions. It is a world war where the enemies are all of us, even those who unwittingly have not yet understood the significance of what is happening. It is a war fought not with weapons, but with illegitimate rules, wicked economic policies, and intolerable limitations of natural rights. Supranational organizations, financed in large measure by the conspirators of this coup d'etat, are interfering in the government of individual nations and in the lives, relationships, and health of billions of people. They are doing it for money, certainly, but even more so in order to centralize power so as to establish a planetary dictatorship. It is the great reset of the World Economic Forum, the Agenda 2030 of the United Nations. It is the plan of the New World Order, in which a universal republic enslaves everyone, and a religion of humanity cancels faith in Christ. In the face of this global coup d'etat, it is necessary to form an international anti-globalist alliance, which gathers all those who want to oppose the dictatorship, who have no intention of becoming slaves to a faceless power, who are not willing to cancel their own identity, their own individuality, their own religious faith. If the attack is global, the defense must also be global. I call upon rulers, political and religious leaders, intellectuals, and all people of goodwill, inviting them to unite in an alliance that launches an anti-globalist manifesto, refuting point by point the errors and deviations of the dystopia of the new world order, and proposing concrete alternatives for a political program inspired by the common good the moral principles of Christianity, traditional values, the protection of life and the natural family, the protection of business and work, the promotion of education and research, and respect for creation. This anti-globalist alliance will have to bring together the nations that intend to escape the infernal yoke of tyranny and affirm their own sovereignty, forming agreements of mutual collaboration with nations and peoples who share their principles and the common yearning for freedom, justice, and goodness. It will have to denounce the crimes of the elite, identify those responsible, denounce them to international tribunals, and limit their excessive power and harmful influence. It will have to prevent the action of the lobbies, above all by fighting against the corruption of state officials and those who work in the information industry, 
and by freezing the capital used to destabilize the social order. In nations where governments are subservient to the elite, they will be able to establish popular resistance movements and committees of national liberation, including the representatives of all sectors of society, who propose a radical reform of politics inspired by the common good and firmly opposed to the neo-Malthusian project of the globalist agenda. I invite all those who want to defend traditional Christian society to meet together in an international forum to be held as soon as possible, in which representatives of various nations come together to present a serious, concrete, and clear proposal. My appeal is made to political leaders and to rulers who are about the common good of their citizens, leaving aside the old systems of political parties and the logic imposed by a system enslaved to power and money. I call the Christian nations together, from east to west, inviting heads of state and the healthy forces of institutions, the economy, labor, universities, health care, and information to join a common project, disrupting the old systems and putting aside the hostilities that are desired by the enemies of humanity in the name of divide et impera. We do not accept our adversaries' rules because they are made precisely to prevent us from reacting and organizing an effective and incisive opposition. I call upon nations and their citizens to ally themselves under the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, the only King and Savior, the Prince of Peace, in hoc signo vinces. Let us found this anti-globalist alliance, let us give it a simple and clear program, and let us free humanity from a totalitarian regime that brings together in itself the horrors of the worst dictatorships of all times. If we continue to delay, if we do not understand the threat that looms over us all, if we do not react by organizing ourselves into a firm and courageous resistance, this infernal regime that is establishing itself everywhere will not be able to be stopped. And may Almighty God assist us and protect us. Signed, Carlo Maria Vigano, Archbishop, former Apostolic Nuncio to the United States of America, on the 16th of November, 2021. And now on to the regular program for today. I'm going to start this by saying that I have an audio-only bonus today from Archbishop Vigano, and it's way too much for this place, so check the pinned comment if you want to see it. It's his recent appeal to the laity, to the church, and to those uh, in places of influence in the secular world of goodwill, warning against everything we're seeing, its logical consequences, and proposing a solution. I can't put it here, so a link is in the pinned comment, or just look up Return to Tradition on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or those sorts of places, and you'll find it. It's his most important statement in some time. Now, thanks to those who sent it to me. Now, as for here in the regular episode, the plans for the next papal conclave are underway. Not in an official capacity, the see is not vacant, but that isn't exactly stopping the politicking from happening in the background. While it has traditionally been forbidden for forces behind the scenes to organize for a conclave, that hasn't stopped the St. Gallen group and their modernist allies from planning and preparing. Despite these activities possibly bearing with it the sting of automatic excommunication, the papacy is expressly prohibited from being treated like a secular office, and measures have been taken through the centuries to try to ensure that it is recognized as something more. But the fat past few papacies have demonstrated that the forces within the church don't care about such things, and that is evident in the story that I have for you here today, so let's just dive into it. First, let's check in with the great merciful one, Paca Papa Francis, who gave his address for the Novus Ordo observance of Christ the King on Sunday. Now, for the rest of us, Christ the King was observed in October, as it was established by Pius XI in 1925. But the Church of the New Advent decided to push that feast day to later on the, their new calendar, to this past Sunday, to be precise. 
Anyway, Packa Papa Francis had some platitudes that were, you know, kind of bland, to be honest, until he decided to hit us meanie poopoo-headed trads again for being rigid. Remember this as we go on today to discuss the coming conclave that Vatican insiders are quietly preparing themselves for. But quoting the Packa Papa, As a church, we need to dream. We need youthful enthusiasm. We need the ardor of young people in order to be witnesses of the God who is always young. The church and society need dreamers who remain ever open to the surprises of the Holy Spirit, looking Jesus in the eye. What are ways that I am deceitful or duplicitous? What are ways in which I displease him? Each of us have these two-facedness. Let's look for them. With Jesus' freedom, we will find the courage we need to swim against the current. Going against the current means that I go against the unhealthy current of my own selfishness, closed-mindedness, and rigidity. End quote. There's that highest sin in the ape of the church again. Rigidity. Don't cling to the certainties of the faith, as he has said in the past. Don't be rigid! His god of surprises is a heterodox concept, if there ever was one, and it comes from the man who was supposed to be Francis until he got too old to do the job, Cardinal Martini, the head of the St. Gallen group. Cardinal Martini went on to his particular judgment almost ten years ago now, and Francis has been fulfilling the aims of his heretical pontificate since his own elevation. And it's clear that the modernists aren't satisfied with Francis's work because they know that his time must be drawing short. He's not nearly as young as he used to be. He's had a whole host of personal material problems, and so the forces of the St. Gallen group have cast their baleful watch to the future, looking forward to the next conclave. This story comes from Edward Penton, writing in the National Catholic Register. He has the scoop on what the modernists are planning for the next papacy, and it's not exactly good. Headline. Italian Vaticanist looks to next pontificate in new book. Francesco Grana's What Remains of the Papacy will be launched November 18th, with leading Papa Bile Cardinal Matteo Zuppi in attendance. What Remains of the Papacy is an interesting title for the book, by the way, given that Francis the Great One has ditched the title of Supreme Pontiff and had it relegated to the list of historic titles for that office. That's been widely reported and debated elsewhere. But note the name, Cardinal Zuppi. And I've covered him before, maybe a year ago or more, but he is a hypermodernist and a fan of Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church and all of his bridge-building work to make the church accept sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance. His name is one that keeps coming up among the most capable and ready-to-be pope in the eyes of the men who choose the pope. If you didn't think it could get worse than Francis, think again. But let's see what Mr. Penton has to say about this. Quote, it is evident that the factions are already organizing themselves in order not to be caught unawares when the set of a cant begins, reads the publisher's description of a new Italian book on the future of the papacy, titled Costa Resa del Papato, What Remains of the Papacy, published by Ediziona Terrasanta, by Italian Vaticanist Francesco Antonio Grana. The book looks to the next conclave, examining the future of the church after Bergoglio and asking if the papacy is still a valid institution or perceived as completely anachronistic. It will be launched in Rome on November 18th with the help of Cardinal Matteo Zuppi, the Archbishop of Bologna, as a keynote speaker. The Rome-born Cardinal's presence is significant, as for months he has been tipped by Vaticanists, most notably Sandro Magister, as a leading Papa Bile and the favored candidate Magister cites as one of those pre-conclave factions that are organizing themselves, that of the Sant'Egidio Lake community. As a co-founder and former parish priest of the community, Cardinal Zuppi, 66, is known not only within the church but also beyond the Catholic world due to the well-known international peace and humanitarian work of the organization. 
Cardinal Zuppi's meteoric rise to become a leading papabile was further underlined this week, following reports that he is tipped to become the next head of the Italian Bishops' Conference next year, a pathway Cardinal Jorge Bergoglio trod with the Argentinian Bishops' Conference on his way to the papacy. End quote. In the secular realm, when someone seeks a high office or the highest office, we see them suddenly publish a book before they announce anything. In America, I'd like to see who among those who are likely to seek to replace Sleepy Caesar are publishing books soon because that's a sure sign that they are in the running. And while Zuppi didn't write this book, his involvement with it is right out of the secular playbook. But most of you have never heard of Cardinal Zuppi. Now, while the classic saying about papal conclaves is probably true in this case, we can hope it is, those who enter a conclave as pope leave as cardinal, it still is worth looking at the man that is clearly positioning himself to succeed Francis and to continue his work. Matteo Mar Maria Zuppi is an Italian prelate who has served as the Archbishop of Bologna since 2015. He was awarded the office of cardinal in the last couple of years. He has been known in some circles for his reverent handling of the Novus Ordo, which gave some people hope, until they saw that he is also so firmly in alliance with Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church and his entire program of making normal sins that cry out to heaven for justice, that it is fair to ask if he is in some way prone to or struggles with those sins himself. It's a, it's a fair question, given his work on it. The Religion News Service has the story here, and I have to play with the language to avoid the anger of our hosts. But you can, you're going to get the idea. Headline. Italian Cardinal calls for better spiritual guidance for those who James Martin is obsessed with. Following in Pope Francis's footsteps, an Italian archbishop invited Catholics to look at those folks as God looks at them. Sounds like he's focusing on mercy, right? Which would be more of the same. Well, Pastor Jimmy Martin has gleefully pranced and promoted Cardinal Zuppi's work on, on social media and elsewhere, and that is a giant flag for me if there ever was one about anything. Cardinal Zuppi has a reputation for working closely with those groups in questions in the full spirit of Pastor Jimmy Martin. From that article, quote, Now more than ever, the Catholic Church has begun to address how to minister to James Martin's Bridge Building Club, especially when it comes to spiritual guidance. Following in Pope Francis's footsteps, an Italian archbishop invited Catholics to look at those James Martin is focused on as God looks at them. When communities will truly begin to look at people as God looks at them, then Jimmy Martin's people and everybody else will begin to feel naturally a part of the ecclesial community, said Cardinal Matteo Maria Zuppi, the archbishop of the northern Italian town of Bologna, in the preface of a newly released book. The book, Church and Redacted, an inquiry in light of Pope Francis's magisterium was written by Luciana Moya, the chief editor at the monthly magazine on family published by the Italian Bishops' Conference. The book is hitting the shelves this week in Italy. End quote. And now, that article was from about 18 months ago. But that book and Cardinal Zuppi's work are the direct result of Amoris Laetitia. James Martin has said as much that Amoris Laetitia opened the door to his succeeding in achieving the goals of his making accepted in the church that which the church can never endorse. Zuppi is a clear choice for this work, given that Ted McCarrick and Cardinal Coco Palmiero are confirmed members of the St. Gallen Club and are known to be on the same team as Pastor Jimmy Martin, to put it mildly. That's what we're looking at here in the church now, in our time, the possibility of a pope who is firmly and overtly aligned with it. Will Francis make it to the end of the next decade, or end of this decade? Unlikely. We know that Francis has chosen 60% of the cardinals who, are part, who will participate in the next conclave. And while it's obvious that Traditionis Custodis and some of his work with the major power brokers on the world stage have been blunders, 
That does not mean that the Cardinals will choose someone more moderate, even not modernist, in the next conclave. We are much more likely to get a Francis II than a Benedict XVII, let alone a Pius XIII. However it goes, whatever the plan is, the modernists are clearly preparing for the next conclave. And here's the thing. While they prepare on a purely material level, you and I can prepare on a spiritual level by abstaining, fasting, and eliminating sins in our life. Advent is the perfect time for that, so please consider making this Advent count. I have a video on how to do that if you are interested. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. What do you think about Cardinal Zuppi, or what do you know about Cardinal Zuppi that I haven't covered here? Put it in the comments, please, and as always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.